Welcome to the Rebel Babe Cave, where we chat with amazing women within the worlds of sports, fitness, wellness, and business who aren't afraid to keep it real. Every week, we talk careers, relationships, and most importantly, the practice of self-care. Uncensored and unapologetic, you'll walk away from every episode with real-life takeaways and advice. No BS or fluff. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Rebel Babe Cave. This week, we have kind of a different episode. I am going to be talking about healthy relationships. And it's a little different because normally we talk about health and fitness and internal wellness and all of that. But I really feel like healthy relationships are just a subject that more of us need to talk about. You know, we all are in relationships in one way or another. We've all dated. Many of us have been, you know, married or want to get married. And so I feel like healthy relationships is something that really needs to be discussed. I'm just seeing more and more out there some just crazy shit. So I felt like this would be a really good episode for so many people. Before I dive into this world, it's quite a world and quite a can of worms, I want to tell you guys about my new nutrition program that I literally just launched last week. So I have been nutrition coaching for a couple of years now, one-on-one, counting macros, flexible dieting. And for a couple of years before that, I was helping people kind of unofficially with their macros, obviously not charging and it, just my passion for it and and how I felt like it helped me is the reason why I decided to get certified with Precision Nutrition and go ahead and do some one-on-one coaching. And I have recently felt like I've wanted to share that with more people, but I know that I just like do not have the bandwidth to do one-on-one with hundreds and hundreds of people. You know, I want to help a lot of people. And I also realized that, you know, counting macros is not for everyone. And and at one point, I really believed it was. I believed that counting macros was the only, and not the only way, but the best way to see great results, achieve your goals, live your life, and it was sustainable. And I just wasn't really able to see outside of that until, you know, coaching for a couple of years where... I realized, you know, it's not for everyone. Not everyone wants to weigh out every morsel of their food. Not everyone wants to track everything. And it got me to thinking like, how can I make this easier and more accessible? Not just like for people in the fitness space, but for just regular everyday humans who want to be healthier, who want to lose some weight or who want to maintain or really just fuel themselves properly, feel better in their skin, you know, business owners who just don't have the time to learn about counting macros or bringing their scale everywhere, or, you know, maybe you have kids and it's just not feasible. So I decided to create a program that would be accessible to pretty much everyone, but mainly, you know, busy people and people who don't want to count macros. So I launched that last week. It's called Busy Body. And right now it's in beta, which basically means that I'm only taking on a small amount of people. The program is pretty awesome right now, but I wanted to give myself the space to make some tweaks, get some feedback, get some reviews 
before I launch it large scale. So you can check and see if I have any openings. I'll be taking new people for the next couple of days before I close the doors until our open enrollment period. But yeah, it's really serving based. It's it's a, a group coaching experience. So you will have accountability and support. There are group coaching calls. You get me, access to me. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, let me know. Slide up into my DMs on Instagram at Extel Rose. If it's not, or if it's something you are interested in in the future, do not worry. I will have open enrollment periods probably every couple of months. So just stay tuned. And also, if you guys caught this past week, Self Love Sunday, I talked about, you know, just kind of doing it scared. And if you listened to last week's episode, I was talking about doing two different programs, and that's just not the case. I am only launching one program. It's called Busy Body. If you are a boutique owner, you can absolutely do Busy Body. If you are a regular person with a nine to five or a stay at home mom or whatever, Busy Body is good for you too. So I made it simple one program. (laughs) That's it. So let's dive in to the talk of healthy relationships. And I will explain to you why I feel like I am absolutely the person to talk about this with. So about 11 or so years ago, probably more like 12 years ago, I started blogging in the dating and relationship world. And really, it came out of a need. I was in a terrible, really unhealthy and controlling relationship with someone And I was writing about it and I was kind of really examining his responsibility in it. I was examining mine. I was exploring dynamics of men and women and just how we operate. I kind of got really good at understanding what, what happens. You know, I've, I've been in a lot of long-term relationships and a lot of the times I was the reason why something didn't work. And I had to kind of examine why that was. I was engaged at one point and I had a hard time staying faithful. And really it was because I had something inside of me. I needed attention. I needed affection. And the best way to get it was like guys, you know, thinking I was pretty and whatever. So and attention from men. And so that's what I did. And I didn't really realize that these destructive behaviors were manifesting in that way from my childhood, basically a childhood trauma. So Now I know this, but at the time I was kind of just like stumbling through. So I felt like I really knew how to really mess up a relationship. (laughs) And I also felt like I really knew how to contribute to one in a healthy way. And so when I left my controlling, terrible boyfriend, I just kind of went down this path of, of exploring dating and relationships. And I blogged about it for a very, very long time. And I started to get this following of people who appreciated my honesty and appreciated that I didn't always take the woman's side. You know, I felt like I was more of, like I said, examining the different roles and the different ways that people act. And obviously there are outliers and obviously there are always exceptions. And so, you know, there's no one size fits all, but I really felt like I kind of nailed a lot of that down. So Moving on, you know, I ended up in a couple of pretty healthy relationships for the most part. Um, And then I met my now husband. And I really, 
really have to say that I feel like I've done everything right in this relationship for the most part. Obviously, you know, I've made some mistakes and done some dumb shit. And so has my husband. But when we came together, it was very healthy and it was very honest. And as we kind of navigated through our relationship, worked through some things, understood some things. And now we've been together. It'll be nine years in November and we'll be married for five. And it's insane because I have seen people who have gotten married after us already divorced, already separated. And that's just so wild to me because we've been together almost a decade, but it feels like 10 minutes sometimes. And being married for almost five years, it feels like barely any time at all. And so it's really crazy to me to know that there are people out there, uh, people I know who got married after and have already divorced or already working on a divorce. Crazy. And we are nowhere near that. (laughs) So knowing that, like, you know, my husband, Jeff and I, we are super duper happy. We both are very ambitious. We have a lot of goals. We have a lot that we work on together and a lot that we work on separately. And so I felt like my relationship is honestly a really good reference to a healthy a blanket, not blanketing, but you know, a blanketing, a healthy relationship and what that looks like. And so usually when I share with other people about when, you know, giving advice or if people ask me for advice, of course, I'm going to relate it back to my experience and knowing what the difference is between some really unhealthy relationships I have been in and ways that I have personally acted very unhealthy and my current very healthy relationship. I feel like I have some really great reference points. And so I wanted to explore that today with you guys. And hopefully, hopefully it can help you kind of understand maybe yourself a little bit more. And maybe it can also help you if you are in a relationship. So first, maybe we should explore like what exactly is a healthy relationship? Like what's the definition of a healthy relationship? And I think if we're going to like lock it into one definition, I would say it is when both people involved in the relationship are getting their needs met, whether that be from themselves, each other, a combination. It is both people in the relationship are getting their needs met (laughs) and are doing it in a way that is not costing the other person pain, suffering, or anything like that. Basically, two people occupying the same relationship and there's give and take, there's ebb and flow, and that ultimately both people are where they want to be and who they want to be with and are happy about it. I don't mean that you have to be happy 99% of the time, most of the time, you should feel happy in your relationship if it's a healthy one. I think the best relationships start with a person being their best self. Now, a lot of the time, single people will hear that, oh, you'll find someone when you least expect it. Oh, you'll find it when you're just like doing you and living your life and blah, blah, blah. And that is ultimately really true for a lot of people that when they are in, you know, their best 
relationship with themselves when they are, you know, doing their own thing, living their life, focusing on themselves and their career, etc. That's where, whoops, they trip and stumble into the person that they're supposed to be with. And I feel like a lot of people sometimes lose that. So I, one of my most popular articles, one of my most popular blogs is called how to get your boyfriend to chase you again. And I know it sounds really ridiculous um, (laughs) and kind of pathetic, but really people are searching for this. People are Googling this. A lot of people are finding in their relationship that their significant other is losing interest in them and is, you know, not as in love as they were when they first started. And I can promise you with the exception of guys who are just jerks, and I'm speaking to the women here, I mean, it can go both ways. But you know, with the exception of someone just being a jerk, or just being impossible to please, or a controlling person, which is a completely different animal altogether. And we can talk about that later. But with the exception of that, the reason why a lot of people will kind of stop being as attracted to you or fall out of love, I guess we could say, is because you've lost the person that you were when you first came into the relationship. So a lot of us tumble into love, get really excited, start spending every waking moment with that other person because it feels so good. And then over time, we start to lose the things that bring us joy. We stop doing the things that we were doing when we first found that person because it takes time away from them, right? And we don't want to do that. We want to spend as much time as possible with the person who makes us feel good. And over time, it becomes like a sort of complacency. It's more of a like, it's just what we do. We just wake up we go to work, we come home, we spend, you know, we, we have dinner, blah, blah, blah. We lie around and that's just our life. And our separate lives just start to merge. And I think the less you have for yourself, the more likely your relationship is to be unhealthy. Now I know there is, um, there's a couple that Um, I'm friends with on Facebook and they do friggin' everything together and they work together and they live together and they love together and la 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 and everything together. And yes, okay, that works for some people. But for the most part, if you are casting all of the things that bring you joy and all of your separate hobbies to the side for a person, it's going to start to crumble. And so my piece of advice ultimately to these women who are asking me or sending me emails as a follow-up to this article is to break away for a little bit, separate for a little bit, take a weekend off, just get out of their hair, get them out of your hair and reconnect with yourself. Find the things that make you happy. Go hang out with your friends. A lot of people throw their friends to the side or put them, you know, as a second, which obviously, you know, I'm married. I'm not putting any of my friends before my husband. That's just what you do. But when you're in a relationship and you never see your friends because you're always spending time or if you're constantly canceling plans because you'd rather be with your significant other, maybe it's time to take a look 
at those friends, at those relationships, at other things that bring you joy and kind of have those things outside of the relationship. Me personally, I don't have a ton of hobbies because I have a business. And so I spend a shitload of time working on my business. And that honestly makes me happy. That brings me joy. Doing this podcast brings me joy. So I am getting to do the things that I love and that bring me joy. My husband, like we have similar interests, you know, with fitness that he kind of got me into. So we we fitness together. We watch a lot of the same shows. We are best friends and we do have a lot in common. We do like a lot of the same things, but then he has his own hobbies. I have zero interest in going and sitting out in the woods (laughs) and waiting for an animal to walk by or, you know, camping or whatever, you know, he's got some hobbies that are his and he has his career. And so while, yeah, sometimes I get annoyed that he wants to go spend, you know, 11 days in Wyoming hunting elk, I guess that's what he's planning on doing this fall. (laughs) That's annoying to me, you know, that's 11 days he could be spending with me. But at the same time, it makes us better our time apart spent doing the things that we enjoy separate from the other person separately make us better for ourselves. And so we are better for each other. Another aspect of relationships is that, you know, that personal growth. And when you grow and the other person doesn't, or maybe they're growing too, you can possibly grow apart. That happens for a lot of people. People are not on the same path with each other. And so they're not growing together. They're growing apart. And then you wake up one day and you just realize that you're with someone that doesn't make you happy or is on a different level than you or, you know, isn't where you are. And that tends to bother people. So I think it's important to kind of, you know, have that open communication. Obviously people, you know, will say that communication, trust and communication are the most important parts of a relationship. It's true, especially communication. If you can't talk to your partner, then you are going to lose eventually. And I don't mean like necessarily sitting around and spilling, you know, feelings and stuff. My husband has a hard time sharing feelings But, you know, communication is a big, important part of our relationship. And I personally will dig if I need to, if I feel like there's something that needs to be discussed while also trying not to be annoying about it. (laughs) But in that communication, you know, what are your goals? What are their goals? Are they along a similar path? You know, my husband has really ambitious goals. And so when I first met him, I I loved that about him because I have really ambitious goals. And it's hard to be with someone who doesn't have that kind of ambition and also isn't willing to support you in yours. So, you know, they don't, you don't have to have two people that are on the same exact path and, and have to have their own definitions of success, this, that, and the other thing. It's, it's more of like, does this person fit in Will they continue to fit in? There are plenty of super crazy successful women who are doing amazing financially, supporting their households. And the husband's a stay-at-home dad and is super pumped about that because that's where he fits in. And it's a communicated, worked out thing. 
But, you know, there are times where someone could be bringing home the bacon and the other person is not really doing anything with their life or maybe they're unhappy in that role that they, you know, and they feel resentful that the other person is moving upward. So I think that, you know, there's no perfect formula for growth, success, etc. But you've got to take the other person with you or you've got to rise up to that person's level. I feel like in my own relationship, whenever one of us has kind of leveled up, it's like we've turned around and held out the hand to the other person like, okay, let's go, you know, and if we've had to pull the other person up, then we have, but the other person has also wanted to. And so I think that it's been for me personally, a real healthy kind of like he grows, I grow, he grows, I grow, I grow, I grow, he grows, he grows, you know, sort of relationship. But I really strongly believe that you have to grow together. And the people that we were when we first met are worlds away from the people we are now. I don't know if I would like him if I met who he used to be today and vice versa. So that just says a lot about how we have grown and how we have grown together along the same path. And we still love each other even more than we did when we first got together and we first fell in love. There are certain things that can really wreak havoc on a relationship. One of them is insecurity. Now, I have personally been very insecure in the past in relationships. And sometimes, you know, this stems from my past, my trauma from not feeling safe, from not feeling loved. And so it doesn't belong to the person that I'm with at the time. And maybe it's not completely their responsibility to make you feel better or make you feel more secure, but they certainly have a hand in it. I was in a relationship where I lived with the person. I saw them constantly and I was so insecure and, you know, he didn't really help that. I I thought he was cheating. I mean, he could have been, I honestly don't know for sure at this point, but I was a mess all the time because we had a really unhealthy relationship. And then later I was in a long distance relationship where I saw my boyfriend maybe every four to six weeks, but I felt very secure in it because he gave that to me. There was a, there was a level of assurance there. And I think that you can definitely have a hand in whether or not someone is insecure. Like you can help amplifying that. But of course, a lot of that starts from within in my relationship with my husband, you know, I'm the kind of person who needs to check stuff out. So if I'm asking a question, it doesn't mean I'm accusing. I'm more of just like a, Hey, what's this about? Or who is this person? Blah, blah, blah. And I will accept the answer when I get it, unless it sounds like, unless it doesn't add up or it sounds kind of crazy, I'll accept the answer. But sometimes I just need to ask to ease my own mind. And I think that more people should be okay with conversations and honesty and, and checking things out, you know, just because someone asks you a question doesn't mean they're attacking you or doesn't mean that they're accusing you of anything. Sometimes they just need to ask for themselves. So that is definitely something to think about. So what are some unhealthy things to look out for in a relationship? 
the first one I will say is name calling. It is fascinating to me how many people think it's like normal to name call. That does not happen in my relationship. Maybe there's been a couple of very extreme circumstances. I could definitely count the times on one hand in nine years that Jeff or I have called each other a name out of anger, obviously like joking around and stuff, whatever. But in actual anger, there's no you bitch. There's no you asshole or jerk even, you know, we don't say things like that to each other. Because when you love someone, you don't get to just say things just to hurt them and then think it's going to be okay if you say you're sorry. Sorry shouldn't be there as an eraser of something that you've done. It should be genuine and heartfelt and a prelude to you not doing it again. (laughs) That's what sorry should be for. I didn't realize this hurt you or would hurt you. I apologize for hurting you and I will not do it again. And then you don't do it again. (laughs) But I think name calling is just like a really big red flag that a relationship is not at its healthiest. Another sign of unhealthiness in a relationship is controllingness. If you are trying to control what another person does, wears, says, does for work, then that's not healthy. And it's not healthy for someone to do that with you either. I have heard a lot of things about, you know, men saying that their girlfriend can't wear this. They shouldn't wear this because they don't want other men to look at them. That's not your problem. That is not your problem. You know, if both of you agree to it and you are totally fine and wearing whatever your significant other wants you to wear, then sure, by all means. But I think controlling what another person does, says, wears, all of that is not healthy. It's just not. I think there are plenty of people who think that fighting or arguing is a sign of an unhealthy relationship, but I don't agree. Um, You know, Jeff and I don't argue very often. We don't fight very often. But I think that arguing sometimes is healthy. Now it's just about how you argue. So when Jeff and I first got together and we would argue or we would have even just like a heated discussion or if I was checking something out or if I wanted to tell him something bothered me and upset me. Because here's the thing, I am the kind of person who will put it out front. I will say, hey, when you did this, it bothered me or it upset me. And we discuss it and I'm happy to move on after that. I'm not going to bring it up in two weeks. I'm not going to hold it in and then blow it up later. I will just get it out in the open. And I don't think Jeff was used to that at all. So I think there were times where he felt almost like I was attacking him because I was more than happy to just kind of bring up something when it happened to discuss it. So one of the things that we had to kind of work on in our arguing was the fact that, you know what, there's no witnesses here. There's not a jury, you know, and no one's assigning points no one is going to win this argument. Like if we both walk away upset, we both lose. So one of the things that I really worked hard to express to him was that 
listen, I just need you to see where I'm coming from. And I want to see where you're coming from. It's not about agree to disagree. It is about really just understanding where the other person is coming from and where their feelings are coming from. And so I think that that lends a totally different perspective to an argument when you are no longer fighting to be right, when you aren't fighting to be the winner, but you are discussing something so you can express where you're coming from and they can express where they are coming from and where you can both accept and understand that point of view, I think is such a healthy and important thing. And I think that's something that Jeff and I, when we have discussions or we, you know, get into deep argument, we don't really argue, but when we get into like, you know, these deep discussions, it's more about, Hey, this is where I'm coming from. And we respect that about each other. And respect is obviously very important also, which brings me to gaslighting. Now, gaslighting is generally the practice of someone making you look or seem crazy for how you feel. Gaslighting is psychological manipulation. It makes you question yourself. It makes you question your perception, your memory, your judgment, and it essentially leads you to accept the behavior of someone else that you feel uncomfortable with. And that's not fucking healthy. Okay. (laughs) That is not healthy. If you are questioning your partner and they are pushing you to basically, you know, say that you're crazy, this, that, and the other thing. I mean, obviously we have to have some personal responsibility here, but I'm not talking about that. I am talking about when you bring up genuine concerns or you want to have a discussion or something bothers you or whatever, and your significant other immediately goes into manipulation mode, that is not healthy. That is not normal. And that is not okay. A lot of the times we end up in this position with someone because we didn't see it to begin with. Maybe they started out just wonderful and amazing. And later on, their true color started to come through, but we were already in it and we were already stuck. There are so many times, especially when a woman is in an abusive or controlling relationship where people would say, well, why don't you just leave? And it's because the psychological dismantlement an emotional dismantlement of someone is a slow process. You don't go on a date or two, become someone's boyfriend, girlfriend, and then they punch you in the face and you just decide to stay with them. That's not how it works. (laughs) It starts with little micro movements. It starts with asking someone hey, I think the skirts you wear are really short to work. Would you mind wearing shorts underneath? It's a simple ask. It's not a big deal. And so why wouldn't you say yes? You know, if some, if you have a dollar in your pocket and someone's like, oh, hey, can I borrow a dollar? Sure. Why, why would you say no? It's a dollar. It's a small ask. And what controlling people do is they they start with small asks. 
And when you say yes, you build up this frequency of behavior. And over time, it becomes almost impossible to say no. And you accept their behavior in response, especially if you disappoint them or upset them, you accept their behavior and it's internalized. And so it's not easy to just leave someone who is horrible to you or controlling or abusive. It's it's not easy. And abuse comes in so many different forms. It's not always physical. A lot of the times it is mental and emotional or it starts mental and emotional. And I think as women, I'm not discounting men. I know men go through the same thing too, but I think I'm a woman. And so I have my own personal experience, but I think as women, we accept and justify this behavior. I think a lot of the times another person will lead us to believe that we are unlovable or they kind of dredge up these beliefs that we already have about ourselves that we are unlovable and that this person is doing us a favor by loving us and by being with us and we fall into this trap. And so having been there personally myself with someone who I, oh my gosh, I love them so much. I just, it hurt me how much I loved them and how much I thought that we belong together and how over time it seemed like I continually disappointed them and upset them and did the wrong thing and said the wrong thing and found myself being less and less worthy of them. It is a hell unlike any other and that is not healthy. It is not you. If, if you're feeling like that in a relationship, please know it's not you. It's them and it's conditioning that has happened to you. And like I said, we all have personal responsibility, but a lot of the times, you know, we don't know what red flags look like. I personally didn't. I had always dated pushovers and guys who, you know, were passive aggressive, which is another unhealthy (laughs) method in of itself. But I had never really been with someone who was controlling or, you know, eventually would be mean or anything like that in that respect. So I didn't know what to look for and I was in it too deep before I could realize it. And so there is a line between a healthy, constructive, necessary argument because an argument generally should result in you trying to figure out how you can move forward together. But emotional or verbal abuse is leaving one person to feel as though they don't measure up and that they are not equal in the relationship. Love and a healthy relationship is not conditional. It is given and received freely and you shouldn't have to earn it. And if you feel like you constantly have to beg for forgiveness just for being you, not even for doing anything actually wrong, then that is a bigger problem. So switching gears, I know that got like a little intense and deep right there, but let's talk about like societal norms and what you should or shouldn't do or be ready for, because a lot of people on the outside of your relationship are going to have opinions. For my husband and I, from the very beginning, I said to him, hey, listen, we get to make our own rules. 
This is our relationship and we make the rules. It doesn't matter what other people want for us. It doesn't matter what other people say or how other people do it. We make the rules. I think that so often society is pushing us to get married or get engaged, get married, have kids, you know, and do all of these things in this particular order. And you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. I am a big believer on waiting until you are really, truly both ready to get married, not just getting married because you don't want to be alone or because it seems like the next step. I see that happen a lot. (laughs) You know, marriage isn't for everyone. And I know that there are a lot of people out there who want that. And sometimes they let the idea of marriage kind of take the place of whether or not it's a good idea or if they're ready for it. I definitely think it's important to know yourself before you enter into a legally binding agreement with another person and not to take the love and the magic out of it, but that's really what marriage is. And things shouldn't really change after you marry someone, you know, like you definitely, I think it's great to have kind of like a change in in the terms of like, you know, a big step, like we moved into a house when we got married, things like that. But your relationship itself should only grow deeper and it shouldn't change completely once you get married. Like, aha, now I've got you. (laughs) But I think, you know, you're going to have opinions. You're going to have opinions from the peanut gallery, their parents, your parents, siblings, friends, you know, that friend who got married way before you who has an opinion on everything. Like you don't need to listen to those opinions. Those are other people putting their experiences and then projecting them onto you and your experience. And the beautiful thing about relationships is that it's about the two of you and that you two get to decide how you live your lives together. And I know that that sounds easier said than done, but, you know, really it's about creating boundaries with other people. You don't have to let people give you their opinion. Sometimes you can just let them know, like, hey, listen, we appreciate your opinion. We appreciate your advice, but we have our own way of doing things. Thanks. (laughs) Or, hey, you know, we have our own way of doing things. And if we need advice or help, we will definitely let you know. And being firm in that because when you let another person into your relationship, it completely changes the dynamic of things. It changes the game. It takes away your intuition and your knowing and replaces it with, like I said, someone else's experience that may not necessarily apply to you. So one of the you know boundaries that was set in the very beginning of my relationship with my husband was that we weren't going to talk to members of the opposite sex about our relationship. As a girl who had a lot of male friends, you know, sometimes I had really cool dude friends that, you know, it wasn't a thing at all. And then there were some that saw it as an opportunity to drive a wedge between whoever I was dating. And that doesn't just happen with members of the opposite sex that can happen with family members that can happen with siblings that can really happen with anyone who has an outside perspective and wants to insert their experience into your relationship. And that is not to say that people don't have good advice. That's not to say that 
people don't know what they're talking about. I mean, oh my gosh, if I could have used other people's advice and perspective sometimes to help me not make mistakes, that would have been great. But I mean, when you have a good thing going, when you and your partner are happy and you have discussed what is best for the two of you, and then someone else tries to come in and give advice, that's really what I'm talking about. I think when it comes to long-term relationships, you know, in the beginning, a lot of your arguments or fights or things like that are coming from like figuring each other out. And I really think like that first six months to a year, you know, is, is figuring each other out. And, and when people are like, Oh, we're having problems in our relationship and they've been together three months, it's like, well, no, (laughs) you're not having, like, it's too soon to have relationship problems. It's, it's not about having problems. It's that you don't work. You are not right for each other and you're trying to force it. And that's, I think that six months to a year to two years is really just kind of like figuring each other out, figuring out how you work together. And then from then on, I feel like any other arguments that ensue are more of like a single person's experience that is brought into the relationship. And that, I mean that when it's healthy, that that's the case from my own personal experience. You know, if my husband's having a rough go at work he might bring that home a little bit and his attitude is different from when he is not having a hard time at work. And so it will reflect in our relationship. And that's something that we talk about. We, we need to talk about it so that it doesn't grow. When I am struggling with something personally, you know, either emotionally or mentally, or when I went through this um, big thing with my mom a couple of years ago, I could have destroyed our relationship. I was kind of a mess. (laughs) But instead of acting out, I tried to remain very open and I included my husband in my therapy. I brought him to therapy with me. I included him in my recovery. I apologized when I felt myself lashing out and I knew it wasn't okay. And I tried to remain as like open and raw as possible with him and just keeping what I was going through as something that was personal and nothing to do with him. Even when it started to bleed into our relationship. And I also think when you love someone, you accept them for who they are. My husband is the first person who has completely accepted me for all that I am the good, the bad, the ugly, the crazy, the overly ambitious, the far too shiny and bright and (laughs) needing to be out there doing things and in the public eye. He has accepted every little bit and piece of me and therefore I have accepted every little bit and piece of him in return. It doesn't mean that we always like everything about the other person that we accept and we respect them. I truly believe there is nothing like being in a mutually fulfilling, respectful, loving relationship. It is the best gift that I have in my life. But if it wasn't what it is, I wouldn't want it at all. I would rather be alone And continuing my journey towards loving myself and learning more about myself than 
just being with someone to not be alone or just being with someone to receive some sort of attention, affection, or love. And I truly believe that if you are single, then there is always work to be done on yourself. I really feel like I met my husband when I had put in the work to be a better person and to be able to receive the kind of love that I have with him. And of course, my work is never ending. I'm always going to be working on myself for sure. But you know, I I definitely feel like I see people out there that aren't willing to look at themselves and they're generally pointing the finger at the other people in their relationships and why they didn't work. And I think that you have to really look at yourself and, and know what it is that you want and that you will not settle for and what you won't settle for with yourself. Because we teach people how to treat us and we allow, you know, what we accept, we eventually allow. And if you want something great, you have to be the person you want to receive. You have to show up as that person and you will start to attract better quality people if you feel like you're not. And you just have to show up as that person because those other people just won't even, they'll just bounce off you. They're not going to even approach because you will feel outside of their scope. (laughs) You cannot have the person that you want and you will not find the person that is high level if that's what you're looking for, if you're not high level yourself. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. I know it feels like, to me, it feels like kind of a ramble, but there's just so much I think to be said on the subject of relationships. It is so fascinating to me how people gravitate to certain types of people or how we, you know, kind of reenact times in our childhood in partners today. And sometimes it's a matter of breaking our patterns. And sometimes it's a matter of looking within ourselves and healing the parts of ourselves that result in destructive behaviors and allowing destructive people into our lives. I love you guys so much. You are always welcome to message me on Instagram. If you want to talk about any of this stuff further it is Extel Rose at X-T-A-L-R-O-S-E. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. And I am wishing you guys all of the best in life and in love. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rebel Babe Cave. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe. And we'd love it if you left a review. See you next week.